0: Hi, welcome to Heart to Heart, a podcast by PAUSE. I'm Yasmin. Healing, mindfulness, and awareness lie at the core of what we do. In this podcast, I sit down with people who are making an impact in our communities, bringing you solutions that help you cope with the disconnection we experience as a result of a modern, busy life. Life is best lived in connection with ourselves and others, and this helps us thrive and feel empowered. This podcast is a safe space, and as you heal, we are here for you. Take a deep breath.
1: still stuns me today when I work with families and I hear just their perception of what the mental health industry is like here. Like they just think it's like 24 Rambutan four seven, And I'm like sure. I'm like guys like that's like that doesn't that's like an extreme. Like we don't get there yeah. most of the time, you know? Yay. Um yeah. So people don't people really get kind of held back because they think like like if I do this, like if I bring my kid, if I go, like I'm crazy, like straight jacket, yes. thunder, I'm, with that. And I'm just like, no, you know, yes. um, some of the most, you know, functional, successful people in this yes. country go to therapy. And I'm like, yes. So yeah, it's quite sad that 2021, yes. almost 2022, is just still what we're talking about. But yeah.
2: Yeah, yes. absolutely. Like th- mm. that's a major thing. Like mm. y- you must be crazy if you're seeing a therapist or mm-hmm you must not be able to handle your life if you need help. And fair enough, Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of stigma around mental health and that is why people think that way. But Mm -hmm. it's, like you said, people who go to work every day, people who are productive, people who are smiling in front of others. Yeah. You know, and it's really the the micro stuff that people need a lot of help with. Of course, there are people who will need like the... You know who might need to be admitted into a psych ward or whatever they they, they yeah yes, but those are just
1: much much like um, such a minor group compared to
2: yeah, but yeah
1: so. yeah, and people Betul.
2: don't know that, yeah mm. but like sixty percent of people who okay lah, I'm just putting I'm just pulling the number out of thin, but
3: mm-hmm. most
2: people just need that assistance on for yep. their day to- day situation.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: that's it really
1: like I could I could I mean my my stat at the office is pretty much the same I would say very comfortably about 60% of my clients don't have a diagnosis they don't need to have a label on their forehead that says I have a depressive disorder or anxiety disorder or anything they're just I have symptoms yeah and so yeah so it's just like you know most of my clients I'm just like you know you don't have a disorder right I mean the difference between a disorder and a symptom is like you know and and the example I tell people is like it's like you have a stomach ache and you have food poisoning right one is a symptom one's a disease right and so so yes I think a lot of it is just being able to have this conversation that kind of takes a yeah. lot of the you know the the severity out of it and and yeah, yeah. we don't we don't have it enough so so yeah so yeah. when I saw like the post on social media that you were do that you launched pause and I was just yeah. like alhamdulillah thank you oh, alhamdulillah. like you know you know oh, like one more person yeah. talking about it but yeah alhamdulillah.
2: like that's <laughs> that you said that right about um about the severity of things mm, mm. like you don't need help only when it's severe, that's one. Yes. And two, it's like people, yeah, people just think that mental health is like this severe issue that it mm-hmm. has to be like, you know, you have to be bedridden to you know to mm-hmm. need help. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said, you know, 60% of my patients are 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 they don't even have like a particular um pneumonia like diagnosis.
4: diagnosis yeah
2: yeah so, i still remember the first time i met my my current you know my this therapist that i that i love and and he's mm. done wonders um uh for me and with me mm. the first time i saw him so we had to fill out a form and you know he was like okay so why do you think you're here and i'm like mm. i have this i have that i have this i have that i have this mm. and when he finally got me in his office and he was like he looked at it and he, he was like who gave you all these labels first of all yeah yeah and like who diagnosed you with all these things? Yep. Like what? What's going on? Yep. You know.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: I'm like people just think that it's all these names and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they Google something and they're like, oh my god, I have I'm a narcissist. Oh my god, I have anxiety yeah. disorder.
1: Yeah. And, and and that's the and that's the catch with these with these like mm-hmm. um these diagnoses, right? It's because. I mean, even as someone who looks at the DSM on a day, on the daily, the descriptions are vague, you know, and when you get stuff on Google, I'm pretty sure everyone is going to meet something if they go online, right? So yeah. like, yeah, so I flat out have people who come in and they're like convinced that they have bipolar mm. disorder or they have mm. something and I'm just like, mm, you know, mm. so So, you know, the the thing that I tell all my clients and maybe, I don't know if it's just me, but the thing I tell all my clients is that your label tells me nothing about you. So, yeah, so I actually, I don't like the labels because, I feel like as a therapist my job is to help you with your symptoms and your label tells me nothing about how your symptoms impact you. Wow. So the the statement that I give everyone is is that I do assessments or diagnostics for the purpose of intervention. Yeah. So I'm not doing this to yeah. figure like say oh you yeah, have depression. I want to know how your depression affects how you function, how yes. you socialize, how you you know, how you perceive yourself. Yes. And then I know what I can do, right? So I'm not a big fan of the labels. I don't, I don't, so so kudos to your therapist. I would I would be definitely do the same thing. It's like I don't like me, not like labels.
2: Yeah. So, and a lot of people yeah. still do, you know, a lot of therapists mm. still do,
1: and a lot of mm. a lot of
2: um a mental health professionals still do. And I feel like that is mm. why there's a lot of this, you know, um this it's <laughs>
1: my cat, <in> <laughs> <And> she's meowing <just laughs> right now. Okay, you might hear mine make noise as well because dinner oh, time is really? coming, so you might hear mine demand attention at some point. But yeah,
2: okay, yeah, she's demanding attention yeah. right now. But I'm just like, it's okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk
1: to you later.
2: But, um, yeah, okay, so I have a feeling that like we have started our conversation. Should we just like go, yes. a, go ahead, right? jump into okay. it? Let's, let's do that, okay? But yeah, like what you said about labels and it's so you know I have so many friends who tell me they have ABC mm-hmm. and I'm like one sec okay get, got it mm-hmm. you know but mm-hmm. because of my experience with my therapist mm-hmm. I'm like it's okay it's valid you 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 might mm-hmm. want to label yourself a certain thing because you want certainty I think a lot of humans mm-hmm. they want that kind of assurance that okay there is something wrong with me because yeah. this book says so yeah but it does not, and but nothing happens after that. Like, yeah. once you have labeled yourself, then what next?
1: Yep, exactly. I think a lot of that also, the, the label also gives them that validation, I think, which yeah. I think is severely lacking just with how yeah. mental illness is talked about here, right? So Absolutely. it's like having something with a name validates that that suffering right Um, so yeah so you're right a lot of people are just interested in the in the label right because it helps them kind of process what's going on but yeah it's the it's the next step that's tricky um and and you know and, and and again like what I said earlier there's just so much options in Malaysia now like don't get me wrong we don't have very as many therapists per capita if you could call it that or per, per person yeah, yeah. Um, but we still have such a variety like even amongst the therapeutic world all of us have different Um, sort of like backgrounds right so if you're someone who sees a CBT practitioner like myself you could and it doesn't work you have a psychoanalyst that you could also go see you have people who do EMDR like there's so much and people don't know you know because yeah so that's kind of the thing
2: yeah no that's that's true purpose of pause is it to just Mm. create awareness and things yeah it's really about that and also access Mm -hmm. and again like the validation i think a lot of people need to know that if you're you know stress is part of life suffering is Mm -hmm. part of life as well
3: Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm.
2: suffering right it's
3: Mm -hmm.
2: it's it's that and so to know that suffering is part of life was a big game changer for me Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. to
2: know that we are all human and we're all living a human experience and Mm -hmm. you know loss and grief and anxiety and they're all part of of, of, of this life and it's mm. normal it's common it might not be quote-unquote normal but it's so common mm. you're yeah. not the only one experiencing it in this world yep. which can which sometimes might lead people to think that they're so alone because they're the only ones experiencing these thoughts and these feelings
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
2: you know on a personal level that was what I went through I thought I was mm. like this I, I felt so alone at one point in my life and Mm. When I finally um, recognized that I'm definitely not alone in this kind of experience, mm. it made my life so much easier and I felt so much lighter. And mm. But it was really a process, you know. I really mm-hmm. had to like, there were a lot of things I had to go through to get to that point. And so sometimes I wonder like, people who don't have access to that process, mm-hmm. What happens to them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing though, is because this is a reality for a lot of people, primarily due to that one word access, right? Which yeah. is geograph- geographically, most of us are in the Klang Valley, right? So yeah. outside of the Klang Valley, you know, getting access is difficult. And there's also, if we look at sort of the financial side of things, I mean, therapy is not cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, insurance companies in Malaysia only just began covering only just like last year Correct. and even then it's not it's not going to cover a full range of things Correct. Um. so you know I think that's kind of the thing and so a lot of people I think live in this in this bubble where you know they're very aware that they're being affected by something and mm. and they feel you know they've got nowhere to go um. you know mm. and so that's where I think that a lot of the very difficult conversations about like you know is this because of religion is this because of you know the fact that you don't do certain things enough or because you don't Mm. you know talk to your family enough or pray enough or you know all of that stuff kind of comes in Mm. um and that's and that's where a lot of I think a lot of the problems begin right um so so yes I think that it's it's really difficult um because we are fully aware I mean I think I have the statistic that I have is like in in, to the WHO says that for a country the size of Malaysia, uh, with the population size of Malaysia, we should be having about three thousand five hundred ish therapists. Malaysia has about three hundred and fifty therapists, so we are grossly understaffed in that in that area, and we we know that. Yeah, like we know that. but i think it's also just that yeah a lot of people are not getting access because again the stigma is the other thing yeah, right so yes. so yeah so i think that there are a lot of people who miss out on those on those steps and i have um a lot of people coming forward who talk about how they believe that this is a byproduct of again all these things they haven't done enough they mm. think it's also because like um you know they they tend to internalize a lot of that struggle and they tend to think that it's a lot because of them um, Mm -hmm. and nobody nobody to tell you otherwise right Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah so it's it's kind of heartbreaking and that's why like I think a lot of us in this industry right now we're just trying to extend our reach as much as possible and how we do that is just through psychoeducation through spreading awareness uh, running workshops because we Mm -hmm. know that we can't do one-on-one therapy with everyone um, as much as we would like to um so if we can kind of like spread ourselves out and teach people and get people Mm. aware then maybe that's you know kind of bridging that gap a little bit but yeah it's it's kind of sad when a lot of people don't get access to it as easily
2: absolutely and i you know think that therapy really needs to be destigmatized as well (laughs) when you hear therapy you know yana honestly tell me like why is it that people see therapy as like, oh, you must be crazy if you're going for therapy? Mm. Like, can you just shed Mm. some
1: light on that a Mm. little bit? Mm. I think it's just generations of like misinformation, right? Mm. And I think that... You know, the reason why I kind of love being a therapist in this country, and this is something that was just so interesting, especially coming back from the Western world and and being trained as a psychologist over there, where everything Mm. is just, it doesn't apply here, right? We operate in a country that is so rich in culture. We operate in a country that is multilingual, that has a lot of just... um, you know, elements in it, even things are almost um mythical or mystical in quality, yeah. we have to recognize, right? Yeah. So you can't come in as a therapist and go, well, I don't, this doesn't exist, these practices yeah. are not going to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though you can think that you have to embrace that you operate in this culture. So I think that you know it's the reason why is I think a lot of the time because of that. Fact, right, mm. is that there has been such a bad rep. Does it help that it's called mental illness, and we use that word mental quite colloquially with crazy? all yeah, right. You know, so I think that's kind of part of it. Um, and I think it's just yeah. I think that you know, um, like I said, Tanjo Rambutan was kind of what we knew as yeah. a mental health facility, mm. and there's there's no in between, right? Mm. So I think a lot mm. of it just comes from lack of exposure. Um, one of the things I say to people a lot of the time is that the one um, positive that came out of the pandemic was just the no, how we normalize conversations about mental health That's um, so for that I will always be grateful to COVID for um, yeah despite everything else um, so I think that uh, that is part of it it's just that the, there's the reputation right um, and I yeah. think also adding on to the fact that as Asians being a very community-centric um, you know people right community Um, we are also not very big about airing your dirty laundry
3: yeah
1: right that is that is something that we've been programmed um, as compared to you know, individual-centered communities like in the Western world where it's all about kind of like personal fulfillment and and betterment. Here, it's about you are morally obligated to protect the family unit and all of its laundry um, and also to be very, very uh, mindful And to actually care about what other people think of you and how you represent your family. So because of that structure, that that societal Mm. structure, I think it makes talking to a random stranger about your problems Mm. um, very much going against that moral code that we've been raised by, right? So... Mm if i could get a, a a penny for every client that's come in and parents have sat down and said i don't understand why my parent my child wants to talk to you instead of us
3: oh yeah
1: <laughs> you know and 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 i think that's kind of where the breakdown is as well it's like why a stranger right um mm. something that's not necessarily looked at as negatively in other parts of the world so i think that mm. those are in my opinion the two biggest tugs of war that i have or people have mm-hmm. with with seeking out therapists is just the connotation between therapy and bad stuff right mm-hmm. or like or, or or psychosis more specifically mm-hmm. um and um, and and the fact that you know it goes against what we've been programmed in terms of our like moral code and our communication um, with regards to speaking to strangers about yeah. our issues. So so yeah. So I think that that's kind of a big the, the big chunk of where I see the problems coming from.
2: I like how you said we use the word mental so mm. colloquially, mm-hmm. and to it, it, it refer to something that is not. Yes. Um, so yes. whenever because I because you know, I myself, you know, when I when when we were putting pause together, mm-hmm. we were, you know, using the word mental health a lot in our meetings and mental illness, mental this, mental that. And I mm-hmm. genuinely had a part a part of me genuinely like someone kind of kicked me inside and was like, Do we want to use that word mental?
3: Mm-hmm, would mm-hmm. it chase
2: people away? So mm-hmm. that is something that yeah a lot of people i'm sure when they hear the word mental they feel mm-hmm. shame
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know we we mm-hmm. we feel a lot of shame around the word mental and mental illness mm-hmm. and
1: mm-hmm. it we do
2: a bit how do you get over yeah. that though like how do you educate people to mm. kind of look past that mm. thing
1: well, this is, I mean, uh, uh, this is uh, genuinely a very personal struggle for me in this sense, because I remember coming mm-hmm. back from the UK, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, very yeah. desperate to, to, to make a difference um, and hitting these constant walls because mm-hmm. people just would not, right? Like we'd try to run like support groups for parents mm-hmm. with kids with special needs or anything, mm-hmm talks or whatever and we would get 50 to 100 people calling and then no one shows up right and so that was kind of like to me like you know these people are interested but clearly they're too but when it comes to actually putting a face to a name and showing up they can't right they won't so it it was a very long kind of journey for me in terms of figuring out okay how do I talk about this very uncomfortable thing that is so so important in a context that people actually give a shit about pardon my language and um -hmm. and so what I did and for for probably like a solid two years was I just listened right and I listened to what are the things that people do find important and willing and and open to discuss about or or discuss you know with regards to and so what I noticed was that it, it, at least in my sphere, which is like, you know, child and adolescents and young adults, it was always two things. It was mm. education and physical health. Mm. Those are the two things right. that parents are, would put their lives on the line for, right? Yeah. And so I said, okay, well, if these are two things that they care about, and that is something that is very important to these people, then I need to package the conversation about mental health within these two context oh, I
2: love
1: that. so so change the wrapping of your of your present basically yes. right um and so t- till today whenever I've got resistant families um take a take a minute take a breath to kind of hear what they're talking about are they talking about the child's academic performance their you know their participation in class are they talking about
0: you know mm-hmm. how they're
1: not exercising they're sleeping too much like what are what are the the, the phrases that are coming at you mm-hmm. and then use that to talk about how mental health impacts those things mm-hmm. right and so I talk about for example like you know you know given what's happening with your child like they're mm. not having the motivation to go to school there and and this is going to impact their outcomes and their exams or whatever it is right or their attendance you know so saying for example you know if your child's too tired to get out of bed to go and exercise it's just going to cause their weight to go up that's going to make them physically unhealthy so I spend a lot of the time talking about and and I know some people have said it's kind of manipulative, but it's not. It's basically being very mm. um, cognizant of what is important to these people and yes. customizing what you're talking about within that context. So right. that's something that I do till today, right? I'm yeah. not diminishing the severity of mental health. I'm just putting it in a frame that you recognize. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that's how you know. And I think that's that's actually something I've said to a lot of my colleagues who've been in the same role as myself, and we talk and talking about this. I say as much as we want to be able to stand on a soapbox and talk about mental health because we're so passionate about it and we know it's so important we have to recognize that this is not as easy a conversation for the public as it is for us so we need to be Correct. able to to package and parcel it so i talk about Definitely. parenting a lot of the time yes. i talk about i talk about yeah i talk about picky eating i talk about all these things and parents yes. are quite happy to do that but you kind of just slide things in here yeah just to get them listening and when they go like oh okay you know and they they might get into it for the purpose of helping their child academically um yeah but at least the conversation started you know so yeah that's a pretty sneaky trick that I had to figure out two years after working but yeah I think that's
2: brilliant though because getting the context right is important you gotta Mm -hmm. know your audience you know and you gotta Mm -hmm. know what is it that 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 what applies in that, that context you're working in. So I think mm-hmm. that, was, I think that's brilliant. If it, mm-hmm. if, if they get the message, then I think you've done your job. And yeah, so exactly. the outcome is that is the same anyway, you know, better mm-hmm. mental health, better health mm-hmm. in physical health, whatever.
1: Mm. Like,
2: you know, in our work, we talk about relationships. We talk about the importance of mental health for your relationships, for mm-hmm, your, mm-hmm. for, you know, to to be even more productive. I mean, yes. you know, you, you don't just rest to be more productive, but then that is what happens when you do rest, mm-hmm. when you do take mm-hmm. a pause and a breather. So mm-hmm. definitely like talking about things from a, you know, using language that people understand um, is important. It, it's, not, it's not about it working or not, but it's important because at the end of the day, you are trying to... You do want to get the message across. And if it's not in the language they understand, then mm. what are you doing?
1: Mm, exactly. Because, I mean, you could be talking, like, you could be speaking completely valid points. But yes. if it's not something that they are open to listening to, right? And, and that's the other thing as well with regards to, like, delivery and, like you said, about relationships. Being a 33-year-old Asian girl... Um, talking about mental health to a lot of, let's just say, older people or the parents of my clients who are, you know, like dads who are, you know, they, they, they don't want to be taking advice or be, being told what to do by someone in my position, whether it's because of my gender or my age or how I look. And so also in that context, the way that you word it, the way that you communicate it is also super important. Because if I'm there talking about, look, if we don't get your child help, um, things are going to deteriorate. If they're focused on the fact that I've got this, this girl who's basically telling me that I'm being a bad parent, they're not going to listen to you even though you're valid. So yeah, I is. found that, you know, a lot of it is about communication, right? And a big part of why, uh, and a big part of what I've been hoping to do, you know, with, with all the stuff that I do is to put mental health with it in, in a very in very simple language so that people are not thinking of, you know, just yes. all the scary stuff that they've heard about, right? Yeah. Um, I I try to explain things as simply and as you know in plain English or Bahasa as I can, yeah. so that people are not kind of fixated on the terminologies and all of this the scary stuff, um, you know. And and so so yes, I think there's a lot about like you said, yeah, the packaging and how and how um, you communicate certain things that that are super important. On that note, I need two minutes because I've just got my my car just came back from the workshop. I need to go okay. pick it up. Give me two okay. Okay. hang on. Ten, hang on. Ten. Hang on.
2: No problem. <sighs> Hello? can't figure it out just i just resumed recording again okay sorry Ken, Ken.
1: is everything no okay Um yeah so like my my mom's uh my mom had to take my car okay now
4: everything okay <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, my mom, um, my mom had to take my car because um she's selling my car. Okay. And um, so they took it they they took it to, I don't know, show it to someone. And then um, but I had to come home because I had like calls and stuff. So my mom's okay. driver like just called and he was like, Oh, I'm downstairs. And I'm like, okay. Oh no.
4: <laughs> and I was
1: like, No, it's okay, cause like um he'll figure it out. I've I've sent him a bunch of voice notes, so what's come to was he'll figure out where my parking be. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh-huh. Awesome. So, yeah. Thank you. So yeah. Mm.
4: But um, yes. So you were saying about you know communication and even yeah. if your points are um, you know valid, valid, and yeah. you know you're still saying the same thing just in a different mm-hmm.
1: way. Yep. Exactly. And we're very. And I think people are very susceptible to that like just the messaging right and if you're if you're talking about sort of things in too negative a frame if you're talking about things in too judgmental a frame um you know they people people shut down right so I think it's so important that we're um communicating or we're having conversations about mental health in a very um approachable way I think that's kind of the thing so yeah those things matter
4: I agree and I really really want to talk about you know because your your thing right like your years Mm -hmm. of experience has always been um, children and Mm. and adolescents and um, Mm -hmm. uh, and so what I really want us to like um, discuss today uh, on top of you know uh, what we've discussed is the the impact of like what does mental quote unquote illness so what, mm-hmm. what 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 does it look like in a young person in a child like mm-hmm. oh this is a major major topic for me okay so let's mm-hmm. do this um mm-hmm. what does mental illness or mental health look like mm-hmm. in a child who is struggling
1: Mm. you know i think that it's it's so difficult to kind of like package it very neatly because Mm. you know there's for example like kids who are nonverbal, so kids who are younger or have underlying issues like autism and things like or speech delays might not be able to express it right Mm. kids who are um you know more introverted you might not see it right so i feel Mm -hmm. whenever parents whenever we try to talk about like um a way to talk about this i find it really tricky so the thing that that i've settled on that i tell parents us that i tell parents about is look for change Ah. right that's that's the blanket look for change right so what does what does that mean just anything that deviates from your child's usual behavior right Mm. um so, yeah, so like anything that deviates, or, So if your child is normally very extroverted and now isn't, if your child is normally into online games and now isn't, mm-hmm. um, if your child is normally the kind of person who needs to, you know, who's up at the crack of dawn and now is sleeping till lunch, right? Like anything that is um, a departure from their usual temperament um, mm-hmm. is something noteworthy. Um, if you're hearing reports from teachers or other people who are noticing things that is out of the ordinary, those are all things that are noteworthy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course, if these issues are not better explained by an issue happening in your environment, so for example, that there hasn't been like a recent death in the family or the parents have not gone through a divorce, like there's something you can't put your finger on. Um, And, you know, so I, I feel like that's kind of the main thing. I the way that I always talk about mental health with kids is I say like the child brain I, I mean it's, it's one of the most fascinating things to me but like the child brain is doing an insane amount of growing especially if you look right. at different stages of their life mm-hmm. um, and so when a, a lot of the time well, what I how I conceptualize it is when we're born we're born with basically four primary emotions which is happiness sadness fear and uh, anger oh, and As we get older, these four emotions will evolve into more complex things like betrayal, frustration, right? Excitement. These are all things that will develop as we age. But at our core, those are the four main things. And if you look at most of the major mental health issues, they all tie back to one of those four. So anxiety is fear, right? Um, And so, you know, depression is sadness. So, how I kind of, um, you know, tell parents is that when a child is experiencing something that their brain at that level of development is not maybe yet capable of processing, it's kind of like trying to run an app that's on iOS 15, that's on, <laughs> but running an, an iOS 15 app, but running it on iOS four, you know, that's kind of what it's like. So it's like, can't, I can't do what you're asking me to do. Um, And so 99% of the time it comes out in behavior. Right. So that's usually what we look for, because when you're not going to have kids sit your mom, sit their moms and dads down necessarily and talk about their feelings, you are going to see changes in behavior. You're going to see temper tantrums in some cases. You're going to see, um, you know, angry outbursts or school avoidance. You're going to see these things that are atypical for your child coming up in these moments because the iOS hasn't caught up to the, yeah. to the software, you know? So the app hasn't caught up to the iOS or vice versa. So um so that's kind of how I I look at it. So look for change. That's what I tell every single parent, teacher, caregiver that I can uh, yeah. get my hands on, because that's usually the best, the best thing to look at. And if you're not uh, and if you're not, you know, once you've picked up this change, but you can't quite put your finger on what it is, that's what the rest of us are here for. That's what the, the professionals are here for. So so yeah, so usually behavior in some changes in behavior.
4: I love, love, love that you said that, you know, <laughs> like change. Absolutely. Like mm. when they stop doing something that they enjoy, when they mm. are suddenly um, just different in their behavior, mm-hmm. maybe they are more quiet these days or Mm -hmm. maybe they are avoiding school like you mentioned and Mm -hmm. absolutely powerful yes Mm -hmm. totally Mm -hmm. i totally see that um you know happening in society and Mm. that so what is your message then for parents who want to be more aware of their kids mental health and i know you said you know once you start seeing these things that's what therapists are for yeah but we still want um it to be kind of normalized for the lack of a better mm-hmm. term so mm-hmm. how what from your experience like how can how can parents be more aware of these things
1: mm. I think you know we need to talk to our kids more we need to talk more full stop you know I, I th- <laughs> we don't talk more you know and and I think that a lot of parents think that oh, I'm spending time with my kids just because you know we're having dinner. But if you're having dinner with this in front of your face like that, you know. So, I'm a big fan of device free meal times. I'm a big fan of checking in with your kid when you notice something. I'm a big fan of parents talking about. Um, when they notice something in their child talking about how they understand and have experienced certain things it all boils down to talking to each other right um absolutely and and i and i think that's the best best way and i mean of course like you know schools nowadays are really on point with like updating parents when they see things that are atypical and your teachers your, your kids teachers might spend more time with them than you do yeah um but I think just being able to talk to your kids and checking in with them um, is really, really important. Um, and spending time with them to understand what's going on, who they're hanging out with, what's what's important in that moment, what's the, the 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 fight amongst the friends, like kind of getting a vibe of what's going on in your kids' life is is a really important thing. And I think we don't we don't talk about it enough because yeah, I mean, we're we're living extremely hectic lives. Yes. Um especially with the lockdown and with uh, sorry with the pandemic. Yes. Um, and so so I think that yeah, you know so I I tell a lot of the families that I work with you know like mealtime should be, phones tucked away there's this game that I advocate for people to play where everybody puts their phone in a box and the first person who reaches for their phone has to do a chore or, yeah, yeah. or whatever you know? right and um and I think that that's super important because you're encouraging people to connect you're encouraging people to talk about things and um and yeah and when your child shares a vulnerability I think that one of the things that parents do wrong a lot of the times is diminishing that because yes. your life, you know, your life experience, you you predate them by decades. That's 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 obvious. Mm. And so the the issue of not want you know your friend their your kid's friends not wanting to be friends with them anymore is something that your experience will indicate is not that big a deal. Sure, but at their light at their level, it is the end of the world. Mm. You know, and so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I tell parents, instead of saying, it's no big deal, everything will be fine, which is what I think I think a lot of people do, yes. you know, use your experience to go, yeah, that happened to me too once and that wasn't a fun experience, was it? You yeah, know, it like sucks. show, <laughs> yeah, it sucks, you know, like I remember when I was in primary school, like my friends didn't want to talk to me for a month and it sucked, you know. I think that we need to also normalize showing kids that, you know, we've gone through all of yes. it instead of just you know fixating on oh I've gone through it and I can tell you you're gonna survive yeah Good, but that doesn't tell them anything <laughs> yeah you know? um, so and and you know in parents think that by by um, connecting with them at that level you're somehow uh diminishing your respect or your authority because you're admitting exactly, to a exactly
4: exactly
1: and that's not the case you know mm-hmm. you're showing your child how to overcome you know how you're to showing your
4: child
1: how to be human you're showing them empathy yeah right and um and so yeah so I tell parents that they need to you know instead of just going like yeah everything will be fine you know je, like relax you know that kind of thing we need to stop doing that and just recognizing that oh that that sucks what happened you know and getting your kid to talk it out right you're walking proof that they will survive it right but you're also obligated to show them how because they don't they don't naturally know how to do that you know so so yeah, a lot of it boils down to talking, you know, um, and not just fixing, just just talking. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah. So I I I often have to mediate these conversations, like because mm. the communication can be so broken down that mm. I'll be like in the middle between the child and the parents, and I'll just be like, okay, you know. Um, so yeah, so I think that's that's going to fix a world of problems Absolutely. if we just talked more. And I don't mean text each other, but I actually talked more. Yeah.
4: Absolutely. Like I started applying <laughs> vulnerability and hard conversations into my mm-hmm. life, like, I think a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Because mm-hmm. that was what that is what drives a lot of us crazy. It is keeping mm-hmm. things to ourselves, thinking that we are the only ones going through it. Like, well, mm-hmm. oh, my parents could not have gone through what I'm going through right now, you know? Yep. Like, yep. come on
1: <laughs> they all did that's the big know, secret surprise, they surprise. All did. <laughs> yeah that's you know, the big surprise surprise the thing that really breaks my heart is like when I see these when I see these parents who clearly have um the same life experience right mm. so, I mean I, like for example I have some clients who are a bit older who are sort of like in their early 20s and stuff um okay. who've who've had you know, relationship issues. Some of them who got married young might have marital issues. And they talk very clearly about how their moms or their dads went through the same thing. But because these moms and dads can't or won't connect with that child or that person in that level, all that their parents are communicating, all that these people are communicating to their children who are going through the same thing is I went through it and I came out of it better. Mm. You know, it's like you're struggling. I didn't you know mm-hmm. and that's the message you're sending to these kids because mm-hmm. you're just like you know not so I see these people thinking there's something wrong with them they feel they feel like they're too weak or they're not they're too sensitive they're not you know yes. um, and that's not that's not true you yes. know um, and and so I think that you know that's that's kind of the thing like I think you know we need to be able to show some some recognition and some empathy, like to know that I'm vulnerable, you know, like, and your kids are not going to respect you less. They might just respect you more. So, yeah. So that's, oh all my
4: God. <laughs> oh, I, I was just, I was just going to mention my grandpa, which, who you know as well, yes, I was very, very well. Our, yes. yes. And he was one of the most vulnerable people I ever knew, and I spent so much time with him growing up. And Mm. I respected him, and I still do respect him so much Mm. because Mm. he could always connect with me, Mm -hmm. like I was his age, you know, like or he was my age. I remember one time, oh, Yana, it was so beautiful. I went Mm. to his house. Had such a rough day at work. I was on his bed, Mm. and I went. Oh, my boss sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my manager gave me such a hard time today, you know, I was telling him and he went, Mm. yeah, you know what? Nowadays, there are not enough leaders. You know, there's just, there are a lot of managers, but not enough leaders. Mm. And Mm -hmm. he just validated my experience, you know, immediately validated my experience. He didn't go, oh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you were just a bit shitty today or whatever. Yeah, yeah, He validates my experience. And so just that giving your child space to be themselves to have their emotions yep. works like a charm
1: yes it does and people don't people don't recognize how powerful that is right because yeah. you know and and yeah I love I mean I have so many memories of your granddad as well like just how he navigated such difficult conversations right and 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 yeah, and so, like, I think that that's something that we don't do enough. We kind of feel like we have to stand on a pedestal when it comes to our kids and kind of show yeah. them, like, oh, you know, and I feel like, what do you do from out there? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh, what do you do from out there? And the thing is, you know, and, and I tell, I tell, I explain this to a lot of my clients because they'll come in and they get frustrated by their parents. And, I, and then I say to them, I say, you know, when, when we all came into this world, when you came into this world, you didn't come with a user manual, right? Yeah. Yes. Parents, your parents had to figure out how to keep you alive and True. keep you safe and keep you happy and educated and all of that stuff. And it is such a tall order, right? It is, absolutely. But, you know, and most of the time, what do they have to fall back on is their own experience and what they've lived and the parenting they were exposed to via their parents and so for most of your life or for your early years, your formative years, they are comforted in the realization that you're walking on the same path as them, but yeah. as, you know, and so they can tell you where the potholes are, the speed bumps are like, they can right. kind of tell you where things are, but at some point we are all going to make a left or a right turn off from where our parents started us off on. and. Yes we all are most of the time headed in the same direction. We're not even going in different directions. We're going in the same direction, but on parallel streets Mm. because we now have experiences that are different to what they went through. Um, And it's hard for them because they can't, they can't necessarily protect you the way that they used to. So they're going to try very hard to bring you back onto their road Mm. so that they can, you know. So whenever your parents try really hard to get you to see life from their lens, it's not because they don't think yours is important. It's because they don't know how to see it from your lens, right? So
3: what Mm, I tell parents to do,
1: you know, what I tell parents to do is, you gotta appreciate that just because your kid's walking a different journey doesn't mean that it's a you know that they're walking away from you, you know, and so yeah, like standing on a pedestal does nothing. You're able to kind of like, ha, you know, tell them where all the issues are, but you're not there to be able to help them when they need to be helped. You're not be you're not able to kind of show them how to overcome things. You're just standing up there, you know. I so,
4: absolutely love that, and I absolutely agree and you know they're giving advice you know Mm. from a from such a high position is one thing but also like Mm. sorry so I think words are so powerful Mm -hmm. and so on top of you know like you said you know of course not of course, but we do want to connect with our kids, and mm-hmm. you know, parents want to connect with their kids. And of course, no phone zones. You know, no mm. phone, no phone zones are important. But also, mm. what do we? T- how do we connect? How mm. can we connect without shutting each other down? Like, mm. how can our, how can kids connect with their parents without their parents shutting them down? And. Mm-hmm. Because there's already such a it's a, come on it's such a first of all we're Asian, <laughs> mm-hmm. and second of all like um, no that's it really <laughs> so mm, you yeah. are not gonna you know it's not gonna be easy like opening up to your parents because mm-hmm. you know we are not taught we, it's not our culture okay let's put it yeah. so, it's not our culture yeah. and so yeah but as we have um, already you know, discussed, that is key to mental health. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: So how do we create a culture of more openness Mm -hmm. and vulnerability, Yana? Mm -hmm. How do we do that?
1: You know, I feel like culture has a like culture has a huge place and the past has a huge place and a lot of what our parents do and to an extent what we do is a byproduct of that culture that generational programming right yeah yeah but then the the only question i ask is is it working you know like i ask people like if it's not working then why keep doing something you oh. know i mean the ironically the <sighs> definition of insanity is doing the same thing
4: over and over again expecting yes
1: exactly so when people say talk about crazy I'm just like (laughs) the irony this is crazy the definition of insanity so you know so I I feel like to each his own right in the Mm. sense where if you feel like there's something missing in your in your family and you've done everything that you were taught to do and everything that your past has dictated that you should do um, and your child's not connecting or you're not connecting with your parents or whatever mm-hmm. it is then you've got to try something different and so what i tell parents is if you feel like you can't get off that pedestal it's too intimidating for you yeah. then just yeah. kind of then bring your kids up to your level you know so understand what your kids you know play games with your kids right like go and get your kid to teach you how to play call of duty or whatever it is right Um, and and so I think that it's about trying to find an approachable way for both Mm. the children and the parents personally I find parents trying to connect with the kids oh sorry the kids trying to connect to the parents a lot harder because sometimes parents just kind of don't want to you know because you're my kid you don't know anything like that thing yes. kind of is difficult yes. um, so I do kind of teach my clients the whole packaging concept where I say pay attention listen to what is important and to, to your parents and mm-hmm. then integrate what you have to say so there's something called the sandwich method I don't know if you've come across it right where mm-hmm. it's like so you want to sandwich the uncomfortable thing you think your parents are not going to like in between two slices of bread of positivity right so how how you could do it is for example like look mom dad you know i kind of i know that you've been really unhappy with regards to what i've been doing off late you're validating the parents experience the parents opinions you're borderline agreeing right in that mm. sense uh, but that being said the reason why this is happening is because right so you're siding in the the jam layer in the middle that's not so pleasant right mm. you know but but i know that you know, my, how I'm feeling doesn't really give me permission to act out against you. And for that reason, you know, I I apologize for what, how I've been behaving and I really will do my best to rectify it. Example. So mm. sandwich the validating statements in between something that's difficult because mm. it allows your parents to get that, to, to show your parents that you're capable of actually having that very mature, logical conversation, um, but it is a very tricky thing because we cling so desperately to what yeah what our, what our programming teaches us. But our you know,
4: roles, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, our roles, right? So I think that do it in a way that's 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 palatable. So try to bond over something that you both enjoy. Um, mm. you know try to you know don't compel your kids to talk either. So if you've noticed something that's a little bit atypical, mm-hmm. feel free to kind of just say, hey, you know I've kind of noticed you're not playing online with your friends so much anymore, everything okay you know, Mm -hmm, and if your kid mm -hmm. says, yeah, everything's fine. And you know, it's not, but if your kid says, yeah, everything's fine. It's like, okay, no, just something I noticed. Anytime you want to talk, I'm here, Mm -hmm, leave the door mm -hmm, open. mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm, that's also mm -hmm. something that's really helpful. So, yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's taking a lot of change, but I must say that I'm seeing a lot of parents now making that about face and they'll come in and they're like, I don't know how to do this but I know it's not working you know and I feel like that's already so powerful because they're recognizing that you know absolutely um, so yeah so I. it's think better to it's get
4: things wrong than not do anything at all
1: like 100% 100% you know? better to have tried and failed if you will yes, um yes. then 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 not try at all so yeah. so yeah so I, I must say that um you know we're definitely getting there mm. um you know, I have a waiting list and, and I know that's not because of me. That's mostly because there's a lot of people interested. Right. So uh, yeah. I think, yeah. So I think that we are, we are um, absolutely seeing a growing trend of people noticing that things are not working and wanting yeah. to take the steps to improve themselves and their kids and, and and release and, you know, improve upon that suffering. So, yeah, so we're headed to a good direction, hopefully.
4: I love what you I love that simple question. Is it working? I might yeah. just call this whole interview that, you know, that, that's the <laughs> title of this interview. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is, Is it, it working? working? I love yes. that so much, Yana. Yes. And yeah, I, I think that you have given us a lot of nuggets in this Aww. very short call. And I love, Thank love, you. love this so much. And it's you it's know, amazing and- everything that you've shared. Yeah.
1: No, I love what you're doing because I feel like, you know, we need to, yeah, I mean, we just need to normalize it at the risk of sounding like a broken record. Like we need to, we need to normalize it because the reality of it is, I mean, without even having to look so far, the statistic is one in three Malaysians, right? So it is so, I mean, it is so ridiculously common. And yet we still treat it like as if it's this rare, scary, you know, infectious know. thing.
3: Um,
1: so I am so proud of you for doing this. And I'm so grateful that you've decided to start this conversation because um, I think it's it's yeah, it's it's super important. And I hope that, you know, I've got a lot of hope for. Like the future generation, like for the kids and for our kids, yeah because I think yes. that you know they're be- they're being born into a time where we know that their emotions and their thoughts are going to be a lot less silenced than maybe we or yes, the people above us. You know, absolutely. so that gives me hope. You know, yes. so when I see my twelve-year-old clients talking about mental health, I'm just like, I'm so proud of you. Like, oh you know, my you're God. gonna. Yes. You're gonna set the stage for my kids. You know? <laughs> like
4: you know, I felt the same way when my little cousins, um, mm-hmm. they're like again, 12, 13, 10, and they're like, um, what are you do? doing, you're talking your 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 job is like a therapist. <laughs> so they think that oh, what bless. I do is like calling oh, a therapist. I'm like, oh you're so yeah. cute. But they are yeah. so aware, like it's in their vocabulary, mental yeah, health yes. is in their vocabulary. Yeah. And I'm like yeah. Oh my god I'm so happy. I'm so happy to hear that. And I see yeah we, we do see it kind of changing in in society. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like really hopeful, you know, that we're going to see, you know, I was I I say to my teen clients all the time. I was like your generation gives me hope
0: mm-hmm. that when it
1: comes to mental health it's going to be something that we recognize as a valid you know condition as much as diabetes and cancer. And that's absolutely. something that's given the same amount of recognition and same amount of respect. Um, And, you know, and because all, and don't forget the fact that it's discussed so much and the fact that it's being explored so much, we're also helping people, I'm not going to call it self-soothing, but we're helping people. um, But yes, (laughs) they are. They're developing their own coping skills, you know? Um, And so the need for conventional therapy, one-to-one therapy could potentially be not as prevalent, right? Exactly. So it's, all good things, all good things. I'm really, I'm really hopeful. I get so excited whenever I found out that some of my clients are off to be psychologists, and i was just like, yes, I can retire one day. <laughs> you know, I can retire one day because you know you guys are taking it on. But yeah.
4: Oh no, I think this is gonna be such a gr- hopefully a, a great start to mm. you know a, a great addition to the discourse and yeah. and and all and everything that. You know mental health professionals you know in Malaysia and everywhere are trying mm-hmm. to do um yeah you know all the awareness raising and all the hard work that you guys do day in day out to make sure we don't go crazy literally
1: (laughs) i mean yeah it's 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 tough because like you know i i say this a lot like i just wish i could like duplicate myself right because i mean that that would solve that would solve the lack of access but in the absence of the the ability to do that um the best way that we can do that is to you know the whole like teach a person how to fish or give a person a fish that whole argument that was exactly
4: what I said to like this NGO I spoke to recently right and Mm -hmm. because he he, that that was his um, kind of conceptualization of 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 therapy and that was Mm. you know one-on-one which for the rest of your life which sometimes might not be so sustainable and so I told him like but what we do at PAWS is we teach you how to fish yeah. Right. Like you kind of give you the tools to manage on a day to day basis, like your stress levels and kind of validating your, your struggles yeah. and so that you do not add shame onto that. On mm. you know add pain onto your pain it's like mm. no that's 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 tough and
1: yeah exactly 100% you know. and the goal of therapy is actually not to create people who are dependent on it right like you've done a really crap job as a therapist if you have clients who still need long-term support right Um, and so ultimately you need to be able to teach people techniques that they can replicate regardless of who they're with how old they are like you want them to be able to learn how to Self, how self
4: Self soothes. I'm a big fan of that word, by the way. I love self soothing. It's yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's big, you know. And, and so I tell people that that's, that's kind of the thing, right? Like I am, I'm, I'm enjoying our conversations, but I don't want you to be with me forever, you know? Yes. And so it's important for you to kind of learn these techniques and learn kind of what, how your brain works. And I have all these analogies. Like, I think like my colleagues were pointing out that Katiana has got like an analogy for everything. Like I'm a very visual person.
4: Same, same, so, same. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I have all these analogies to talk about all kinds of things, but I, I think that by doing that we also make it normal you know yeah. um and very approachable so so yeah so I I I hope that the more we talk about stuff like this the more that you are bringing up bringing attention to things like this that you know it will help change one person's view about their mental health and one person's view about their struggles and then it just kind of goes on from there and then you yes. and I can retire <laughs>
4: <laughs> retire early please yes, please
1: <laughs> But yes, but oh, yeah.
4: thank you so much, Yana I love that You're welcome and, and you know, about when it comes to Especially that part when we talked about child You know, uh, how does um, How do you know What does it look like when your child mm. Has an issue You know, a mental issue mm. um, Or something that's affecting them mentally So, you mm. know, I love that conversation I think that's so, so important for people yeah. to understand Because if you yeah. can get it early Trust me they will not. It makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. And so be yeah. aware of that. Be aware your, of
1: that. Your kid is never too young to have issues with your mental health, never too young to get stressed. Yeah. You
4: know? So oh, if yes. you
1: think that your kid is too little, I can guarantee you they're not. So. Oh my
4: God. Yeah, no, I love that you said that. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's the issue, right? Like thinking your kid has nothing to be stressed out about. Yes. Oh, yes. Young.
1: Wrong, yeah, wrong. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Very wrong, very wrong. You did not have to live in an era where social media was part of your DNA. That in of itself makes their experience a heck of a lot more confusing than it was for us growing up.
4: Absolutely, you know? and also, like I'm actually. Just,
1: yeah.
4: I mean, just one thing to add. One tiny thing thing to add is, you don't know the sensitivity of your child as well. And so I I really, you know, another thing that I kind of really loved learning about was Mm. highly sensitive people. And Mm -hmm. I love that concept, you know, when I when I, it's some people are just really, really sensitive to the little, little things that happens in Mm -hmm. their life, the little changes, Mm -hmm. the little outbursts. Maybe you saw your dad get pissed off and then you're feeling a bit like, ooh, you know. There are. That is the reality of, of, I think, 20% of the people in the world, apparently. And so, Mm
3: just, Mm
4: -hmm. you know, this is... It it, it is possible for someone to be stressed out over things that you do not see, so... Mm -hmm
1: yeah it's yeah. very very possible and i think that that's a big part of like what i say daily is trying to educate parents that just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's not real right so the 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 again analogy that i tell people a lot is like if someone across the room cut their finger open you don't feel the you don't feel it right but that doesn't all of a sudden heal their finger right so that's what i see <laughs> a lot um to my patient's parents it's just like yeah just because you didn't slice open your finger doesn't suddenly magically cure his finger um so so yeah so that's exactly. kind of that's exactly. that's kind of my my two cents about mental health and um
4: yeah <laughs> yeah now where can people find your work online mm-hmm. if they mm-hmm. wanted to please let us know okay. and I'll of course add everything in the description as well
1: Sure. So my home at the moment is at Pantai Hospital Kuala Lumpur in Bangsa. Um so I'm there six days a week that's kind of where I operate out of most of the time Um, so if anyone is interested in kind of uh, making an appointment to see me or just to have a chat even if you're not 100% certain about whether you want to start the assessment process and all of that stuff you are more than welcome to see me Uh, in addition to in-clinic appointments I also do virtual sessions so telehealth has been a huge thing since the pandemic so I can google meet zoom whatever works for you guys Um, and so that's pretty much what I'm doing Um, on top of that you might occasionally hear me mumbe bill on light fm every monday um (gasps) talking about about mental health um and parenting and kids oh my god Um, i
4: love that i'm so sorry that totally that totally flew under my radar like oh my
1: god yeah i i've been doing that for the last year um since january (laughs) oh wow it's been a year since January yeah so I've been Light FM's resident child psychologist um, on the segment Growing Pains every Monday at 8 a.m since since January so yeah so you will occasionally hear me about mental health related things and parenting and stuff Um, and again this was all just about trying to normalize the conversation so you know the team at Light has been pretty amazing to let me kind of do that Um, yeah I think that's pretty much it That's pretty much what I've what I've been doing so far so Pantai that's Hospital fair. um you know I've got a uh I've got a uh, professional Facebook page if people want to kind of look up sort yes, of all of our yes. clinic details and stuff um it's just Katiana Azman's site I think is the the URL um yep. on Facebook I'll get just it up, look up from you after this yeah well. so all done that's that's pretty much that's pretty much where I'm at <laughs>
4: awesome yana oh my god you've come such a long way i still remember when we had a chat at um sugar Rush and we were talking mm-hmm. about like and you were saying how you got an off you know you 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 are gonna start you're gonna have an office in pantai and everything mm-hmm. and i'm like mm-hmm. i still remember that conversation and look at where you are mm-hmm. now you're like having giving talks on light fm and things that's amazing yeah
1: i think you know it's it's like i'm just so grateful that i've you know we're now at a time where people are a lot more open to talking about mental health um you know i and and so yeah it's been it's been kind of it's an amazing time to be a therapist in this country kind of seeing all the pieces come together um so so yeah so i'm always up for a conversation i do a lot of talks and workshops and stuff for for companies and anyone who's literally interested in talking about mental health i'm there Mm -hmm. um so but but yeah so that's that's pretty much it and I think that if I can change one person's mind about mental health specifically the mental health of their child yeah, I've done my job. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know. So yeah.
4: Thank you so much Yana. You're hopefully, very, you're very hopefully hopefully there'll be more conversations. Uh, conversations after this. I'm going to yes. I'm going to squeeze you know uh, as much information as I can out of yes. your brilliant mind.
1: Oh, anytime, yeah. anytime. Not brilliant, just been around for a little bit doing this. But um, but yeah, so anytime, anytime. Thank you so much for like having me though. <laughs>
0: Thanks. You can find our work online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at pause universe. And you can read our blog and learn more about who we are at mind-pause.com.